Hello and welcome to the latest Pensions in 10 with me, David Brooks, and my colleague, Simon Q. Today, we're going to talk to you about the general code, finally with us, and also at things we might have picked up from the uh, Minister's attendance to the Working Pensions Committee on Wednesday. Well, Dave, at last, it's here. The general code, the regulator has laid the general code before the House of Commons or the Houses of Parliament, so they've got 40 days to do nothing with it, in which case it will come into effect at the end of March. But do you want to talk us through what the general code is and, and what the intentions are for it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so the general code, as you say, has been kicking around for a very, very long time. I think we saw a draft in 2021 and the regulations that kicked this off were from 2019. So it has been a long time coming. Um, and what this is doing is taking, well, originally it was gonna, the idea was to take all the codes of practice that the regulator issues and turn them into one. So the single code, and then they've decided they can't do it like that because there's a few codes that don't quite fit. So it's now 10 of the 16 into one. Fantastic. Um, I just want to take a pause on what a code of practice. So a code of practice is effectively the regulator's interpretation of the law. And so that's their way of trying to say, OK, so the governor put this into law and for trustees, you need to do this um, and you'll be complying with the law. It's kind of. So there's no penalty for not complying with the code of practice. There's a, there's a penalty for not complying with the law. So when we're looking at these things, you are allowed a little bit of wiggle room around your own interpretation to an extent. Basically, what the regulator says is probably what is gospel. So let's treat it like that. So we had all these codes, 10 codes of practice kicking around. Um, they're very long, some of them very outdated themselves. Some of them were from the first iterations back in the mid noughties. So this is bringing everything up to date. And the idea is to make everything a little bit shorter, a little bit clearer, so people can pick up the, the handbook, the general code handbook, and work out what they need to do um, when running their scheme. And it's focusing on a lot of the risk management functions. So it's about highlighting what the risks are, assessing those, looking into those, and mitigating them where possible or controlling them. And these are risks that can seem the most mundane. There's like how to run a trustee meeting, you know, how, when, where, how often do you meet, um, all the way to the big stuff um you know investment strategies and all those kind of things um so there's been a little bit of a change between the 21 version and the 24 version not a great deal so around the edges um there's a lot more in there i would say around proportionality so schemes who think i don't need to do this my risk function is really good and i do it this way not necessarily that way that's fine that's all allowed for so it's a re often repeated phrase around um doing things that are appropriate for the size propor proportionality nature of your scheme so that's interesting and good there's a few new things so remuneration policy needs to be drafted that's something that most schemes won't have a cyber policy um, and climate change policies that most schemes won't have um, and also there's this thing called the own risk assessment which was a little bit nefarious not nefarious that's the wrong word nebulous it's not nefarious at all nebulous so no one quite understood what it was and they've tried to say day tpr try to clarify a little bit more what that is and that's good um, I just want to just read to you when you need to do your first one, just so it's clear. So you need to do um, your first one. Uh, oh, where is it? Oh, I had it here a minute ago. It's one of those. Um, is this some of those six months after the first year? Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah. Anyway, you've got about two years to do like it. That. Oh, that's really yeah. annoying. Anyway, it's one of those. So, so you've got 12 months to half from the scheme year ending when the code comes into force to have to do it, which works out about two years. So you've got two years to do one of these, so plenty of time um, to work it out. Is this exciting? Yes. I mean, it is for me. Um, 
but I think it's the anticipation that's made it probably more exciting. Yeah, I know. That's probably made it more exciting because this is the nuts and bolts of running a pension scheme. And the best schemes out there will be doing a lot of this stuff already. So we'll need some fine tuning. Schemes that need a bit of help, maybe not have done everything up to date, then this is a good chance to have a look, see what the regulator's expectations are of you, see what the law is saying and get on with it and make the, make um, your risk management functions as good as they can be. Yeah, there's there's a lot of common sense in there, Dave, isn't there? Yeah. Um, un unfortunately, common sense isn't common. Um, so the regulator has to spell it out. It's their job to do that. Mm. And OK, it's not the world's most exciting read, let's be honest, but it's it's written well. It, it It's set out in clear sections for you to uh, sort of cross refer. Um, so, yeah, uh, broadly, I mean, we welcome it. Of course, we welcome it. Thank goodness mm. it's finally here. Um, but, yeah, it is just a collection of, of common sense, really. Yeah, I think the regulator, I mean, I haven't spoken to them about it, but I suspect they'd they'd prefer this to come out with a bit less excitement than it has in a way, because it it's just functional stuff. It's, you know, running a pension scheme properly. If you do what the code says, then you're on the right track. And the exciting stuff, um, again, not to do this down, of course, because it is really exciting. Mm. Um, <laughs> but the exciting stuff, of course, is the funding code when that comes out. Yeah. Um, we've got covenant guidance that's due to come out as well. Uh, that uh, that will be a fairly weighty tome for us to get through. Um, so, yeah, there's there's plenty of um, relatively exciting stuff coming down the track. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Simon, our new pensions minister, Paul Maynard, had his first stint in front of the Working Pensions Select Committee. What little tidbits did we learn? Yeah, uh, Work and Pensions Select Committee on Wednesday. It was Wednesday, wasn't it? It seems like a yes. long time ago. Yeah. Um, so we had the DWP and the Treasury there. Um, it was yeah, an interesting discussion, actually. The, the, it was in, in two halves, um, uh, Paul and co were in for the first half. Uh, there were questions around a trustee register and whether there would be a mandatory trustee register. Uh, it wasn't ruled out by the minister. Um, whether that means it's going to happen or not, we've no idea because there's an awful lot of talking behind the scenes on that. Uh, the regulator has indicated that they believe that it's time for a trustee register. Uh, I think it was a speech from Louise Davey uh, last year that indicated that. Um, let's hope they make a, a better job of it than they did their first trustee register, uh, which, of course, they used to appoint GP Noble to uh, a number of schemes, and that didn't really end very well. So um, I'm sure they're, they're much further along the track now. They they can see where the, uh, the potential potholes are, uh, and they'll avoid those. So will we see a, a trustee register? Um, I think probably uh, would be my answer on that. Um, following on from that, the question was there was whether they would be mandatory professional trustees on every board. Uh, and the minister quite rightly said that there's a bit of a, a capacity issue there. There aren't enough trustees to do that. Um, I get that that's the ideal uh, because that ticks off the, the, the governance box, one would hope. Uh, and of course, talking about the general code, there's a, a fair bit about governance in there. So um, there will be a move to do that, I think, wherever possible. Uh, but to mandate a professional trustee on using the words from the general code, those schemes under 100 members, is that practical? Is it proportionate? Mm, yeah, uh, right. maybe in some cases if there's a real issue, but otherwise perhaps not. Um, the funding regulations uh, were mentioned. They're coming sooner rather than later. When does that mean? Heaven alone knows. Uh, we don't know. Um, 
uh, April, June, um, pick a date. Well, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a discussion whether we've got the autumn statement, not the autumn statement, the annual funding statement. I can't get my words out mm -hmm. today. The annual funding statement, which is due in the spring. So whether the it's whether before or after that, that's the. I suspect before would would seem would seem right. Well, there's right and what will actually happen. Um, see, OK, you're going before I'm going after. Um, oh, OK. So, so, yeah, let's 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 see. We'll pick this up. Uh, I'm sure our viewers will pull one of us up on this when we get it <laughs> wrong. Um, productive finance reared its head again. Uh, this isn't going away. It was uh, a key, key part of Jeremy Hunt's speech last year. Uh, as we know, uh, it's a, a key part of pretty much any speech that contains pensions. So productive finance is still very much on the agenda. Um, think, and then. Sorry, I just want to just just on that. I just. My sense when they were talking about it was that they were talking about it more in the realms of DC than DB, I think. I just got a sense there was a certain cooling of some of the rhetoric around what they want DB schemes to do. I think they'll appreciate there are some DB schemes that would do it, but the vast majority are on this journey towards towards buyout. And I think that's, and where that's right, that's great. And there's no way that, that schemes are going to deviate now. They're so close. And I think there's just a subtle sort of acknowledgement that that's where most schemes are and that's great and most and the schemes that aren't that want to do it fantastic run your scheme on keep investing that'd be great and i think it's dc is where sort of the eye of the, the government is, is now looking in my opinion that's what where I, that was the sense i got now you're right to highlight that because the minister himself when when quizzed said that they're not going to mandate they're not going to uh, force schemes to go down a certain route. It's just one of the tools that will be available to them as part of the management of, of the scheme. Uh, so yes, I think you're right. It's um, uh, not quite as, uh, as tub thumping as Jeremy mm. made it uh, made it sound. Um, and lastly, there was something around surplus extraction, mm. which um, was interesting to both of us because it's one of these reading between, between the lines. It's, it's not so much what was said. It's not uh, is what not was said. I think that's right. I don't know. It's still quite early, isn't it, Dave? It is um, too early. It is. It is really early. Um, so much earlier than we would normally record this, just for our viewers. So uh, yeah, um, surplus extraction. Yeah. So um, Paul Maliketa mentioning that surplus extraction was was good for members, and this was a great thing to do because members will be a lot better off after surplus extraction. And I kept on hearing him say that, and I couldn't quite work out what he was. On about because if you're taking a surplus out of a pension scheme and on and going on with it then surely that's a reduction in the security unless there was a slight wrinkle unless it's going to the employer and the employer covenant is stronger perhaps overall security then will be stronger you can see that argument but one of the uh, members of the committee did push back on that and say can you just expand on what you mean by that and he sort of i think he he didn't quite know what, what he meant and that some of his assistants tried to step in and i don't know whether there's something in there whether they, they're talking behind the scenes about something that was accidentally mentioned in public, whether there is some kind of upside sharing with members and that would make things better, would that be better security for members? Don't know, might be better benefits for members than yes, probably. So that was an interesting little, I don't know whether I'm just leaping on a on a, on a a bit of a misspeak from the minister, but I don't know, it felt like something was there. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting. And you do wonder if he was being kicked under the table by the uh, DWP. <laughs> Representative yeah. Fiona going no, <laughs> quiet. That's, that's that's not not for public. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah it, it could be could be interesting. Um, uh, and and it could actually be quite a nice carrot for an employer as well, um, to to help them fund the scheme, not worry about a trap surplus, which is something that's that's certainly come to come to the fore yeah. of late. So yeah, but yeah, as you say, we should all we should keep an eye on it.
Well, that's it for another Pensions in 10, the 2nd of 2024. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Uh, we do look forward to your comments and your feedback, as always. Thank you very much, and we will see you next week. Bye.